Today on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, we have Bold Takes Part 3. It's time for Garbage Time. Welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. I am your host, Ron. With us today is Ryan, Joe, and Julia. Hi, Julia. But she can't hear anything because we all have headphones on. So she just said it. Sorry, Ron. I thought thought she wanted to see your face. I still, every time you play that, I still always forget about the picture at the end and I start talking. Before the video is actually over, it always messes me up. That's Every hard. time. Every time. Uh, shit's already off. All right. So, like I said at the top of the show, we got the bold takes part three. We got Ryan Warner's bold takes for this video, which leaves just me left for the next one, right? Yeah. If you I like guess to I should, have them together. I guess sometimes. I should probably do some work. <laughs> uh, that's that's unimportant, though. We don't need to do any work. Um. So, yeah, we got news today, Joe. Yeah, we do, but if you like this bullshit that we put out on the air, Ron, where can you find our show? I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you go over there, leave a review, and it'll follow. Uh, go to our website, www.garbagetimefantasyfootball.com. You can leave reviews over there, and they go to the correct places they're supposed to go. We're on Twitter at garbage underscore time FF. Instagram at garbage time fantasy football. Uh, pretty much everywhere you could find podcasts, we are there. Make sure you like and subscribe. All of those places. Yeah, we news. Have some news updates. All right, first a little bit of news we had tonight. I'm going to let Ron take the floor with this one. He seems to be really excited that Rashad Penny's going to get the first no. bite of the apple, for say, for the Seattle starting running back job. So, Ron, why is Rashad Penny actually going to be good this year? It's not so much excitement, rather, as just, like, sheer hope for my dynasty team. Because outside of actually finally bolstering that position – I'm uh, still real light. And now that we're adding a third running or yeah, third run back spot, I'm real fucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Real light was kind of being, being nice to yourself. I think your, so, your second description was a little more accurate. Th- that was quite facetious. Uh, especially consider uh, Ken Walker is going to be taking the starting role for week one from Rashad Penny, because I'm sure he's going to injure another hamstring before we even get to training camp. He's like, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's possible. It's I just it, I hope not. I need help. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you merge your whole future on Justin Jefferson, Haran. Huh, well, you know, well, I don't think Michael Carter was going to help me this year anyway. So, yeah, no, it doesn't look like he's going to help me much either. Either. Yeah. Uh, the only other bit of news we have today is allegedly Rob Gronkowski is going to retire. And do you boys think this is actually going to last, or is just him wanting to pull the headlines in for the summer. I don't know. I don't know. 
It could be a it could be a Tom Brady retirement where he's gone for three weeks and then he's like, nah, I'm bored. It's probably just a retirement so he doesn't have to do off-season programs. And then he'll come back before the season starts. Honestly, and I even told this on one of our YouTube shorts on our channel today, I honestly believe we're going to see him come back right after training camp, so late August, early September, when everything's just about wrapped up and, you know, he doesn't have to do any of these workouts anymore and, you know, he'll be on the Bucks roster and potentially still be a top eight tight end in fantasy football this year, and I honestly think that's what's going to happen. Any thoughts yeah. on that? It's very possible. I'm going to take these off so she can hear. So if there's echo, I don't care. Um, you can put them back on if there's echo. No one wants to hear echo. <laughs> everybody wants to hear echo. <laughs> no wants to hear echo. I don't hear anything. Echo's great. Um. So, yeah, let's just uh, – I, I hope he stays retired. He's not so, going to. He, he's played this game once already. Tom Brady's played this one game once already too he's going to get the itch right before the season starts and he's going to be a top eight tight end so just draft him because he's going to be in the league next year I'm not and you're going to be able to get him at a premium discount which win rob gronkowski yeah cool. Play, plays for the tampa bay buccaneers <laughs> that's the pirate team that is the pirate team that is one for yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> bringing that knowledge that is <laughs> All right, do you guys have any news tonight too? It's a pretty late night, I think, on news. No, I uh, I didn't really hear anything. All I know is if Rob Gronkowski does retire, Mike Evans is going to be a very good wide receiver this year. Well, not only that, because Chris Godwin's coming back from an injury too, so they're going to want to ease him into this season. And if Gronkowski isn't on the field for him, he's by far their number one red zone target. There's yeah. really no one else to really prosper in that offense. And on top of that, who else have they got? Another slot receiver they got from Atlanta? It's Yeah, I think Russell really Gage could still be else. real good. Especially if Gronk is gone, Mike Evans is going to be finish as a wide receiver one on the year, proving he stays healthy all year. Um, and Chris Godwin's not slated to be ready to return even until October, I believe. So I think like the first month, month and a half, maybe into two months, Russell Gage could actually be a sneaky wide receiver wide receiver three with definitely wide receiver two upside. Yeah, at least over the first month while Chris Goblin's coming back from that ACL injury. Yeah. All right, I think with, I think with that, what's that? Ronnie knows all about ACL injuries. It's true. He's, mm, yeah. he's, a, he's a pro. I've had a personal experience, huh? Yeah, it yeah. was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was great. How long was his recovery? It's still happening. The recovery actually was a lot longer than it was supposed to be because he got initially misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. um, so he was told to stay off of it when he actually was supposed to continuously stay on it. So we didn't know that there was an, like an ER, like an urgent care that's specifically for orthopedics. So we just went to like a regular urgent care, which is where he got misdiagnosed. So when he actually saw an orthopedist and they told him what the real problem was, they informed him that he should have gone to the urgent care specifically for orthopedic injuries. And it, didn't. it didn't have to be the shit show that it was. <laughs> so what I gathered from that was is Ron's not an athlete and there was a bad doctor that was yeah. treating him. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was a great yeah, I should have. I should have had the surgery within a week. I didn't get surgery for like 
two and a half months. Yeah. But, <laughs> but was he as bad as Tyrod Taylor's doctor? No, absolutely not. Nobody's as bad as Tyrod. No, I didn't get stabbed in the heart with a needle or anything. Or in the lung, I mean. It's Pulp Fiction? It's no, that really happened. That's a true story. Yeah. No, I mean, he didn't have a great time. He he had a super not great time, but he made it. <laughs> one star. I'm alive and kicking with at least one leg. <laughs> Negative two stars would not do again. Oh, my God. I don't know. I got some time off of work, though. Yeah, well, you didn't get a summer off, so. Like That's Ryan, true. Anyway. Well, actually, it was a summer. Yeah, but he had to spend it in a freaking chair. <laughs> Good chunk of it. Do we not have a drop for uh, the bold takes? We don't. No, I, I spent it, you know, on other places like the shit's take drop and the divisional breakdown. Oh, wow. All right. That's different. I, you don't have I, an I, old man Ron drop with the sound of a knee cracking? No. Thanks That's for the, the idea. That's what the ghost is for. That's what the ghost is for, yeah. The ghosts don't crack. <laughs> no, the ghosts just don't show up. We need the uh, my leg uh, clip. My <laughs> leg! <laughs> right. Did Ron look something like this in the chair? <laughs> no, he actually looked really sad. <laughs> I mean, he does look like Adam Gase a little bit. Oh my god! Besides all the video games, he was fine. He was fine with that. I love this personal so look into Ron's life that we're just giving to all the viewers. I know, right? All, all zero of the viewers. <laughs> all right, Ryan, are we, are we ready to get into your... Oh, yeah. Ryan, are we ready to get into your bold takes? Yes. I'm so excited to upset you for the next 30 minutes. All right, Things guys. Loud now. Yeah, so what we're about to do is uh, we've, we're doing a little bit of a mini-series here on Garbage Time Fantasy Football where all the podcasters are giving five bold takes for the upcoming season, things that we think could potentially happen for the upcoming season, not necessarily we think are going to happen, but there are takes and things that kind of excite us. So Ryan's going to give us five takes, and we're going to see how much they piss us off and how much the heckling fandom agrees with them. All right. Let's, uh, let's start the show. Um, oh, Evan Ingram, Joe's favorite tight end in the National Football League, um, finishes this next season as a top 10 tight end, maybe even higher. What do, you, what do you think about that, Joe? Why don't you give us the reason why you believe Evan Ingram can even finish in the top 10 well, of tight ends in the positions? Because he hasn't <laughs> done that since his rookie year, and he's dipped his damn hands in concrete every year since then and can't catch shit. All right, well, sit, sit back and sip on your haterade. While I, while I, while I cover this for you, um, so as Joe, what's <laughs> on water? As Joe, that said, would have been a great little bit if you actually had like Gatorade at least. Rookie Why? season, twenty seventeen, finished top five, finished tight end number five for fantasy. Twenty eighteen, finished tight end thirteen, although he only played eleven games. Throw in some Joe math here. If you put that out over the full season, would have put him at another top five. Tight end finish. Uh, let's see. Tw 2019, injured week nine. Up to week nine of that season, he was tight end number six. After that, Daniel Jones showed up, and nothing else counts because he sucks. So. Hey, come on. We really got to go there right now? Two birds, one stone. We sure do. Come on, no guy. So, so now he is with a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, even though Joe has no faith in Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> So I'm saying if he's healthy for the season, top 10 tight end. Boom. 
Locked it in. So hate that chat to the bank and cash it, Joe. So let me break this down again. So this just goes back to the reflection that he's had one good season. That was his rookie year. He's been injured at other times and he doesn't catch shit for the rest of the season. So what you're saying is there's no consistency with him. And by the way, I finished my hater read. And then he went and played with Daniel Jones. No consistency. And now he's going, no consistency. Absolutely no consistency for him, especially for fantasy value. His first three seasons. Tight end five, tight end 13 with only 11 games. Tight end five up to week nine before he got in. Oh, so up to week nine. So in other words, he did nothing the rest of the year. Why don't you tell us where he finished by the end of that season, Ryan? He was injured. He obviously finished low. Yeah, where did he finish? He didn't play. I don't know where he finished. I'm just going up to week nine. Probably us. So that'll put him outside of the top 30. So what week? Absolutely. What year? 2019. And then 13, which puts him completely out of irrelevancy for fantasy football. And then he finished five his rookie year. So right back to what I was saying. And even when Daniel Jones showed up, he was still irrelevant. Top 10 tight end. Absolutely fucking not. There's no way he's going to be a top 10 tight end. And you're just making this take because you want to piss me off and get me rolling early. Well, now that you're pissed, let's keep it going. So, <laughs> on so in 2017 overall, he finished five. 2018 was 12. 2019 was 18 with only eight games played. And then 2020 was 16 with all games played. Yeah, so you had Daniel Jones. Didn't I? so so completely irrelevant for fantasy football is what you're saying. The only reason I'm going to agree with Ryan on this one is because it's the tight end yeah. position. And all it would really take is uh, 600 yards and six touchdowns, and he'd probably be within a top 10. That's adorable because that's not going to happen because Dan Arnold is also there, which is a favorite weapon of Trevor Lawrence. So not only that, he's not even going to be the tight end one on the team when the season rolls around. He can't catch for shit. He's not effective. And mm-hmm. – he was injured one of his seasons. So the new regime brought in Evan Ingram. They're probably going to use him over Dan Arnold. Mm, I don't I think mean, so. I think Evan Ingram. Yes, I know he's had stone hands over the past couple of years, but like he is head and tails way more athletic than Dan Arnold. It doesn't matter. It, you can be as athletic as you want if you can't catch the damn ball. Listen, listen. I, I could be. I could be highly athletic and be on the field, but if I'm not catching anything, I'm not going to produce for fantasy football. Dan Arnold right. can catch the ball and has a repertoire with Trevor Lawrence. There's a chemistry there, and I believe he's going to be the number one. But they wouldn't that bring team. in Evan Ingram, who they had to pay to not play. Wait a minute. This is this is the Jacksonville Jaguars who are just absolutely great at evaluating from the GM position, correct? They have a new GM. Who no, is they have a new head coach, I mean. Not a new GM. Yeah, but they have a new head coach, so I mean – Oh, but he does. He's not the one that picks the players. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure he has so, input. So, yes, because Trevin Baalke has done such a fantastic job evaluating players over the last three years. And wait a minute. Really have, wait a minute. Uh, a few months ago, you were all like, "Oh, Baalke was going to make the smart move and take Trayvon Walker 101 because he loves athleticism." But I never now said he doesn't like I athleticism. Was, now, no, no. When did I ever say that was the smart move? I said that was the move he was going to make. Whatever. That's the move he, but you're that's saying, the move. No, 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 no. I'm yes. going to clear the record because you're trying to say that I said that was a smart move. No, absolutely not. That was not the smart move. They made that move because 
Okay. That's the move that Trevin Bakke makes off measurements. That's Still, not smart. So he's going to be a your whole thing, your whole argument about that, and you were right that he took Trayvon Walker. But your whole argument was he likes athleticism and people who are extremely athletic. That is Evan Ingram, not Dan Arnold. Yeah, and when has it ever worked out for him? When does it actually produce on the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Obvious, obviously, they think that he's going to be an important part of their offense. That's why they brought him in. That's why they paid him. They don't care about Dan Arnold. And well, it, doesn't, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're dead-ass wrong. Because they can catch. I mean, you can be, you can be, you can be okay at football and not be athletic. I can be a great runner, but if I can't catch, I'm not going to get on the field. And that's just what's going to happen. You also got to look at who was over the past couple of years, who was throwing Evan Ingram the ball. Mm -hmm. So like, go ahead, go into depth. Who was throwing him the ball run? Well, Daniel Jones and then Jake Fromm and uh, don't forget about Glennon. Mike Glennon. So, I mean, like, get if Trevor Lawrence, if they can actually get Trevor Lawrence to the number one overall pick status that he was, and if Trevor Lawrence even does 25% better this year, like, I look at Trevor Lawrence as coming into this year as pretty much being a rookie again. Honestly. All right, do you, do you want to go down the list of tight ends that are in the league currently that I could probably name 20 of them I would like over him? 20 well, over? What? Uh, I bet you I could. Hold on. There's only 32 teams. You know this, right? Yeah, and I bet you okay. I can name 20 over them I'd rather have this Let, year. Let's go. I, I, this is a fun game. I, I want to hear. All right, Rob Gronkowski retired. I would still take him. David Njoku, I would take him. Zach Hurts, I would take him. Gasicki, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz. So we're already at six. Oh, there's Ingram. I'm not taking him. I'd take Gerald Everett over him. I would take Hayden Hurst, C.J. Ozama. I would probably take Mark Andrews, Tyler Conklin, Robert Tunyon, T.J. Hawkinson, George Kittle, Hunter Henry, Darren Waller, Janu, Dawson Knox, Kyle Pitts. Do I need to continue? Wait, where is is Hayden Hurst even playing? Hayden Hurst is playing with... With the Atlanta Falcons? No, he's playing with the Bengals this year. You got a starting job with the Bengals. Oh, I thought he was still in the Falcons. So there, I've got 13 or 14 just right there. Oh, Kyle Pitts, there's 15. Do you need me to go down a list and name five more? I mean, it's fine. You're wrong. Don't worry. So he's not, he's not breaking into the top 10. He won't even be close. We'll see. I think if he stays healthy, he'll be fine. That's just absolute bullshit, but great start, Ryan. All right. Now that we got Joe rolling, let's, (laughs) let's continue. Trevor Lawrence finishes as top 12 QB. So that's pushing it now, bud. Urban Meyer's gone. He has a top ten. He has a top ten tight end. (laughs) 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 I'm already dating myself a hole. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna stop it right here, Ryan. I just got a quick question. Uh, Were all of your takes just to see how pissed off you can make Joe? Uh, yeah. That's a yes. <laughs> Continue you doesn't care about any of these. It's just like, what can I do to get Joe really riled up tonight? So Go anyway, ahead and make your takes. Urban Meyer's gone. He's got a top 10 tight end. ETN will be healthy. He's got Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones. Boosted the whole team. Trevor Lawrence, top 12 QB. It's going to happen. 
Go ahead, Ron. Top 10 tight end on purpose. <laughs> yeah, because that's the way that you're saying it. <laughs> that's just it's a top 10 tight end. Go okay. ahead, Ron. <laughs> Go ahead, what? <laughs> Why is he not going to be in the top 12? Oh, because he'd have to take the biggest leap in his sophomore year than anyone has ever taken. And like I said just a little bit ago, I consider Trevor Lawrence a rookie again this year. He'll probably throw for about 3,800 yards and roughly 22 touchdowns. Okay, Ryan, you taking Tom Brady over Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Yeah. Aaron Rodgers? Probably. Josh Allen? Yes. Yep. Justin Herbert? Yes. Matthew Stafford? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Nerd. Joe Herbert? Joe Joe Herbert? Herbert? I don't know who that is. Joe Burrow? I mixed two quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you give me Joe, you give me a mix between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I'm drafting them one on one. (laughs) My point is Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson. Mm, I wouldn't take those two. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jimmy G potentially. No. Oh, I would I would even take Tua over him. That's scary to say. My point is, is there's probably 15 or 16 I would Wait, even consider. Tua's probably more. not gonna be the starter by the end of the year, right? Wait, that, that was last year. No, Tua, not two two. To a tag Anyway, my point in, is with this take is that I believe there's 24 or 25 quarterbacks that could potentially have more fantasy value points than Trevor Lawrence last year, who, by the way, had a six or seven game stretch last week where he only scored one touchdown, Ryan, and his mechanics were absolutely terrible last season. There was absolutely no doubt that I think out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he probably had the worst season. He was the number one overall pick. I'll give him I'll give him top 16. I don't think he'll fall below 20. Um, like I said, I think he does take a leap forward this year. New coaching staff will, you know, help him out greatly. Um, but yeah, I don't think he goes below 20, but I don't think he makes top 12 at end of year. My prediction is he finishes between 25 and 32. I honestly think he's going to bring up the rear of the league and just have another terrible season. You have him doing worse than he did last year. No, about the same. Not any worse. I mean, well, he couldn't do much worse than he did last year. He finished 22 last year, and you have him going 25. Yeah, well, you know, he'll just drop off a little bit then. All right. Let's see. What else do I have to make Joe mad? Um, I need to change oh. the name of this episode. Derrick Henry. All right. We touched on this a little bit. I have Derrick Henry. He will not be a top three running back. He'll probably – I have him at five or lower. You can't. Are you, are you going by injury? A little bit. Um, yeah, so his usage rate's insane. He's coming off an injury. If they try to keep that same usage rate, he's going to get injured again. If they cut it back to keep him healthy, um, he'll probably be all right, but he'll obviously have less, less usage. 2020, his best year, um, but he had an insane, a ton more um, touches than any other running back. 378. The Nets closest was Cook at 312 who performed better. Um, and even then he was only RB, he was RB three in PPR leads. So the lack of receiving work hurts him. Um, 
I like Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. I like all of them better than him. I think for fantasy football, just based on his history, you really have to still look at him as top two. But I, I don't hate this take, and I think this could be in the cast of outcomes for him this year. I mean, he's definitely aging. He's starting to break down, and we saw that last year. Um, he, he, he did come back during the playoffs, um, but it wasn't nearly as effective as he was beforehand. And coming back from any injury, especially with how many uh, carries he has, at some point, the Yeti's got to calm down. And listen, there's players that are very talented, not nearly as talented as him in the past, but Austin Eckler, as you already mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, Delvin Cook's still up there, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb. There's plenty of players here that can overtake him for those top three spots. And if he falls off and gets an injury, which like he did last year, Obviously, he's not going to remain in the top three. So I think you could kind of have a coin flip with this. If he remains on the field for the entire season as durable, like we've seen in the past, he could definitely be in that top three and maybe the best overall running back in the league right up there with Jonathan Taylor. But the problem is, is now we have that question of durability now that he's approached age 30. And he's obviously going to be the bell cow for the Tennessee Titans this year who have traded away A.J. Brown and are obviously going to look to run the ball this year because they don't want to put the pressure on their new rookie wide receiver. He yeah, just needs so much more work to get to those, get to that, that number three spot than the other players, just because of how much receiving work they get. But and it doesn't really Titan, go around. The Titans are not afraid to give him that work, though, and that's probably you got to remember he was injured for like six weeks before anyone even got to his yardage mark that he had went before he got injured. Wait, that's he, was he had like, like 200 and something carries before. Yeah, yeah. well, that's By my point. So you figure he had what? In his one big year, he had 370. He was on pace for almost 400 carries, I think it was, last year. You bring that down to more of like a 300-carry thing, he's still crazy efficient. The offense is still going to run through him. Yes, he doesn't get all the receiving work, but they're still going to run the ball with him. They're going to break him until he's broken. Like so not- in 2019, he hit 303 carries and finished RB5. So yeah. pretty much right about where I was putting him. I would figure more probably. I think I've been thinking about this quite a bit with Derrick Henry. I think I'm still going to stat him out for probably around 320, 330 carries. Because I just don't think they care. Honestly, I so don't think they care about the so well like that's that like when you stand yeah, out if like, he stays healthy all year i figure he'll get like 320 to 330 and you figure he's easy 4.4 yards per carry at least and that's being probably on the lighter side here's uh, the real question ron do you see him being durable for the entire year and not missing time though i mean it's not like his injury was like an acl or anything like that it was his ankle if i remember or no it wasn't even ankle. I think it was just like a bone in his foot he broke. It's not like it was a normal body breaking down type of injury. You know what I mean? It wasn't something like a knee or something like that. Like that's going to greatly impact like him being able to do stuff. People come back from foot injuries all the time and are it completely fine. Um, yeah. at, a, at a position they have to plant though. I mean, he's, yeah, still, yeah. he's, he's still approaching the age where this is definitely going to affect him. Well, and I think it will. But I do think they bring back his carry some, but I don't think they I don't think they bring him under 300 when he was on pace for over 400 last year. No, they're gonna ride him until he dies. Right, and so, I have no doubt about that. So 
I just did the math at uh, 320 carries on the year at, and I did a very probably low market 4.4 a carry. That's probably we, what he had last year. Yeah. That's still 1400 yards and he's a lock for 10 TDs, right? I don't think that's crazy to say. No, no. And that those are just like baseline numbers. You give me 1400 yards and 10 TDs. That's got to be above top five guaranteed. The um, only the only 20, concern I go ahead, Ryan. 2019, it was 1500 yards for 16 TDs, and that got him RB five for PPR. For with 16 touchdowns. Yep. You also got to factor in the consistency, though. The receiving game, man. That's what? I mean, because everyone above him was Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Eckler. Here's a, here's a concern I have with him, though, is now that A.J. Brown is gone and you potentially could take one of those safeties off the field if he's not on there because they have Traylon Barks, a rookie, who they may just cover with one corner now, that could potentially leave a spot for potentially putting another linebacker in the box against Derrick Henry, making more players go up against him, potentially leading to more injuries. He's going to yeah. he's, he's be going up against more stacked boxes, and he's going to have to carry more of the workload. teams have tried that before he just takes them and goes you're not tackling me (laughs) yeah when he was 23 now though but he's approaching the age where it really doesn't matter at that point he's gonna break down running backs can't play forever yeah but i think he's a different factor now i think he'll be all right this year so you would definitely put your eggs in this basket this year if the opportunity presented itself depending on like where I was in the draft, yeah. Would you take him at RB three? Like if you like if nope. there were okay. My three, I already know my top three. It's Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook. So where do you rank him? Uh well five, I haven't finished all my projections, but probably around four or five, I would assume. There you go. But so, I see Austin Eckler coming way down, but then what people are going to be drafting him in is. Um so you think his ADP is high right now? Like Austin Eckler's? Overinflated? It, Austin Eckler's? Yeah. Wildly overinflated. Gotcha. Would you take him before Najee? Yeah. What about Joe Mixon? No, I like Joe Mixon this year. But if so if I was say pick six or seven, Derrick Henry fell to me, that's a smash draft button every time. Because not, I know he may not finish as high as some of these other guys, but you got to look at the week-to-week consistency that that man brings because of just the sheer workload. You know he's going to get near 20 carries a game. He's going to get you almost a touchdown a game probably and, you know, close to 100 yards. You're not going to worry about that man getting you a zero. You know what I mean? He's not getting you zero points. It's true. Where this is your best bowl take that you've had so far, Ryan? I very much agree with this take. This I'm not saying take that pisses me off at all. Like, definitely could fall out of the top three just because other people can go nuclear with the PPR side of it. Yeah, this I'll, is more uh, awesome lukewarm than lukewarm than bowls. Yeah, whatever. Um, Good to- 
Spe speed and lukewarm. I was starting to run out of run out of ideas. So these nuts too aren't that good, but I don't care. Um, my nuts one. Tyreek Hill falls out of the top twelve at wide receiver. I love um, him. Getting a downgrade, going from Mahomes, Mahomes to Tua. He'll be competing with Waddle and Gisecki, plus others for targets. Um, Miami's ranked in the tougher, tougher half of, of uh, strength of schedule. They're at 19th, I think. Um, so I just don't think he's going to be at that wide receiver one spot. I agree 100%. I think Jalen Waddle is the number one in this offense. I honestly believe they brought in Tyree Kill to take the top off the defense so Jalen Waddle can get more open space underneath and make things work with his legs and vice versa. Honestly, I think they're gonna they're gonna confuse the crap out of defense. I actually really I think I'm gonna really like the look of um the Dolphins offense this year. Taking out of the equation that Tua Tunga Bailoa sucks ass, but he does very well with uh that's a big part of the equation. It is. Um, but he's effective with Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle is a possession receiver who can get it underground. Yep. Um, I think this trade, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, I think it's going to blow up in their face because I don't think Tua Tungabaloa can get the ball down the field effectively, Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill is going to be getting pissed off when he's getting these five and 10 yard outs and is having to go out of bounds because teams are not giving him the space to create that speed. Um, so, yeah, I could see them potentially – I think they'll go to Tyreek Hill early in the season, but I could start seeing later on in the season Tua looking away from him in favor of Jalen Waddell. Um, I think Tyreek Hill is going to border right on that wide receiver one, Mark. Um, he's always got potential to take it to the house because he's insanely talented, has a lot of speed, and he's got burners. Um, but I really think he's going to come down just a little bit because Patrick Mahomes isn't his quarterback anymore, and he's going to really border that high-end wide receiver two, wide receiver one range. So I, I can see him falling out of the top 12. Do you know that Tua Tunga Viola had the third best deep ball accuracy since he's come into the league? Everyone's talking about how he can't he can't throw the deep ball. But since he's come in the league, he's had the third best deep ball accuracy, minimum of I can't remember how many attempts. Is that but, is it a small sample size or is it no yeah, like well, the people above well, him are like Patrick Mahomes, like you know, people okay. like that. Like what's no. what's what's the average yards for depths on the throw on the statistic that you're looking at? They were over I think it was like over 30 plus yards or something like that. Hmm. That's an interesting set I'll have to look at, but it still doesn't Deter from the fact that he doesn't look to throw downfield. Well, I want to know how many deep throws he wait, takes. Out wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, do you have that stat? That's interesting. I'm trying to find it again. I heard it the other day on another podcast, and I've been trying to find it, but I can't. Because of initial appearances, I still don't believe is a good deep thrower. But, like, it, they did it by so many, like, a minimum of so many pass attempts downfield, so it's not like, oh, he's tried it twice. You know what I mean? And it was something like, it was either over 50% or like right under 50%, but it was only a few percentage away from the top two that were above him. I still would want to know how many deep throws he's taking compared to those other QBs who may take more shots down the field than him, though. 
I mean, there's still a lot of mathematics involved that because I mean, you can make anything dance out the field, like making someone look like they're a good deep passer. But if he threw 15 as opposed to say someone else throwing 25, it, it's a really bad stat. He's at 50 percent for over 20 yards. Okay. Um, on 28 attempts, tied for first in the NFL with Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yep. One of my things too with Tyreek though is, do you think? it gets into a situation almost where we saw with Baker where two was trying to force the ball to Tyreek resulting in interceptions and things of that nature that kind of make him not want to throw it that way where he kind of shies away from it. We got to remember when two was like before, who was it? Joe Burrow that ended up going one-on-one that year before Joe Burrow went nuclear in his last year of college tank for Tua was a real thing. Yes. I remember that. Tua has always been regarded as a highly accurate quarterback. Like, that was his deal coming out of college. Insanely accurate. He injured his shoulder. That's why in his rookie year, he just didn't look as good. Last year, he looked a hell of a lot better than he did his rookie year. You get him another solid weapon like Tyreek Hill, He's going to be he's going to look better. He's a he's an accurate quarterback. And Joe gives him a lot of shit. But he's a lot better of a quarterback than I think people are giving him credit for. Yes, I know they tried to move on, but they tried to move on. The coach wanted to move on. And that's why the coach isn't with the team anymore. Like the owners knew who they wanted, they had who they wanted. And they wanted the coach to fall in line. And when he didn't, they shipped him off. I mean, so, I don't give him, him as much shit as his uh, Twitter team, but. <laughs> they don't pay attention to players' Twitters. Yeah, I mean, his completion rate just in general is actually really good. I think so. He's a highly accurate quarterback. Let me see. Um, I think it's like. Joe just doesn't like him because he can't say his last name. I figured out that's what it is. 70.9%. That's pretty, that, that's 70.9%. Yeah. That's elite level accuracy. He's behind Kyler Murray. He's number yeah. two. But I still don't like Tyree Trail this year. No, I still agree with the outside top 12. Um, The next one. So I'm at two lukewarms. This is probably going to be three lukewarms. But at least I got two bold ones. Uh, Cordell Patterson. I think he is a flutz option at best this year. I think he's borderline, might even be fantasy irrelevant. Um, somehow finished RB9 last year. That surprised me. Uh, was awful down the stretch, though. In his final eight games, he scored nine points or less in six of them and only one game higher than 14 points. So if you're looking for consistency, it's probably not where you're going to get it. And then you add in the fact the Falcons added Drake London, Tyler Algier, and then they still have Kyle Pitts there waiting to get a bunch of work. Um, so I, I don't – I'm not about Patterson's fantasy outlook at all. I go I go back and forth like a goddamn pendulum when it comes to Cordero Patterson. I have no idea how I feel about this guy. Because, like, you want to you wanna say, you know, oh, they brought in Tyler Algier and Drake London. But, like, Tyler Algier was later in the draft. Yep. And – he could be the, just the straight running back. They could use Cordell Patterson as a second wide receiver. 
that sometimes lines up in the running back position. So it's like he could end up being a really good like running back two just because he's going to be so highly involved in the receiving game. Maybe. And he has that running back tag. You know what I mean? How many running backs do you know that could end up, like, realistically getting close to 100 targets in a year? I will you know say I mean? that. Austin Eckler. Right, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. You want those guys. So, like, I see that path with Cordell Patterson, but then I'm like, but at the same time, you've got a quarterback change possibly two this year. Like, I think there's so much risk, but I can also see the path to him being a good RB2 with, you know, running back one weeks there. So it's – I just don't know. I don't know what to do with Cordero Patterson. So Patterson's interesting from the point that at least in sleeper formats, you can play him at the running back or wide receiver position because he fits both positions. I do like that flexibility. That's probably the one plus. And where he's being taken currently, ADP, somewhere between the sixth and eighth round, it's not horrible. I I think he's going to be on a similar trajectory as to last year where I think he's going to get some production early in the season, but I think that's eventually going to see to Tyler Algier on first and second down where they're going to start pounding the rock with him a little bit more. Not only that, I don't think teams are going to respect the quarterback on that team. Um, not not saying they couldn't have some success on offense. It's not like he's a completely incompetent quarterback currently, Mariota, who we're speaking of. But I think where you'll see him potentially be effective, if he is a flex player, will be in the passing game later on in the season. But the problem is, is he fell completely off a cliff later on in the season, as Ryan was referencing, when they started to look away from him. Um, I think they're going to want to go to their bread and butter here. And currently he is one of their only proven players in offense that's effective. But once they start getting other touches with these younger kids, when they start losing more of these games, they're going to want to see what they got with them. And that would be more going with Tyler Algier, I think, going down the stretch and passing it to these other players that they have on the team. Because Cordell Patterson is not a long-term solution for the Atlanta Falcons. He's just left over. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel. Yep. And yeah, and in the receiving game last year, I mean, obviously he's used more as a running back. He was, he was not used receiving much at all. I think he had one game over a hundred yards. Um, so it'll be interesting how that shapes out. As it, I, I have him in dynasty, so I'm hoping it works well. But um, it's definitely kind of, I'm not gonna say high risk because if he's going that late in redraft leads, it's it might be worth it. It's but, very high. It's very high risk. He's only done this once in his entire career. That's true. Who's to say this isn't just an oddity? I mean, we see oddities in the NFL every year. And it's so weird for a running back wide receiver, whatever you want to call him, to do this in his 30s. And it's not like he's a spring chicken here. And they're also saying that, according to Fantasy Pros, uh, Atlanta has the hardest strength of schedule. So, Who do they start off with early in the season? What's their first four Um, games? Let me see. Schedule. Come on, Ryan. Why don't you have this stuff ready? Oh, get it together. Get it together, Ryan. Um, so I have New Orleans, uh, the Rams, Seattle, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Cincinnati. That's the first seven. 
So it was Rams, New Orleans. Who else? Um, San Francisco. So Rams. I've got the New Orleans, Rams, Seattle, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Cincinnati, <laughs> Carolina, Chargers. Carolina. I got the Chicago. Falcons at the seventeenth easiest schedule. They're like my, great middle. My, my God, though, for run defenses, that's a buzzsaw from the beginning of the season right off the bat. I mean. You may see Cordell Patterson getting his passing work, but he just may be getting his ass kicked. In that oh, that, that's worth noting uh, that Fantasy Pros goes off of a defensive running back rank, so not necessarily okay for by team. Not overall defense. Defensive. So you've got New Orleans. That's tough. Rams are tough. Yeah, there's um, not one that's probably tougher than that. No way. And Fran's going to be tough. The Browns? The tough. Yeah, even Seattle in the in the Browns. I mean, the, he has as far as matchup rating according to fantasy, he has one game that's uh, four stars out of five, and that's against the Chargers. Everything else is three stars or lower. Jesus Christ. Look, look, look for them to rally five, six losses right off the bat there too. They're gonna want to see what they have with the young kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. Just based on that, I really don't like him this year. Based on that, like I, I might have a hard time drafting Tyler Algier anywhere either, as like a, you know, like a hopeful pick. Maybe not in dynasty leagues where you could potentially have more. Of right, not I'm talking redraft, but but sorry, you say, that's yeah. a it's a rough Definitely go. something to consider. I was about to send you a trade offer for Cordero Patterson. No, I'm not gonna. Oh, hey, I was just kidding. I think his outlook is <laughs> fucking phenomenal. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna be a stud. He's gonna surprise everybody. I'll give you a second rounder next year for him right now. <laughs> just on that. All right, those were Ryan's uh, five piss Joe off takes and lukewarm takes. Uh, hey, I was successful on two of them. I'll take it. I, th- I will say they they sparked great even the lukewarm ones uh, sparked great conversation like you know getting information out there and everything like you know now now we're all more aware of Atlanta's run game schedule like we can make better choices in our drafts and you know telling the Heckland fandom you know maybe you want to wait a little bit if someone's higher on these running backs than you are their first five, six games, you might be able to trade and get that player real cheap for maybe a later season run. Yeah, and yeah. I thought the Derrick Henry conversation was good. There were some good yep. points brought up on that on both sides. So Yeah. And and as always, I still think Tua Tungabello sucks ass. So yeah, he's still he's <laughs> gonna get benched for Jacoby Brissett again this year. Nah, he'll he'll play out the whole season and then they'll I'm I'm rooting for Tua though. He's he's put up with a lot of I don't know why people I'm not sure why Joe in general hates him so much. Like, I've watched him play. He's not that bad. And, like, Jalen Waddle just broke the single-season rookie reception record. Like, and now he's got two really good wide receivers. I just I, – I, like I said, I, I'm excited for the Dolphins' offense this year. I think Joe I mean, just hates him because he's a Jets player. Or I mean, I, lo- I love Waddle. Waddle's great. So there is that, but he's going to need another quarterback next year. I do think Jalen Waddle's the key or the wide receiver one on that team. I do. I would love that. I yeah. don't know if that'll be the case. I kind of think they'll be one A and one B, but it'll be interesting to see how that uh, dynamic plays out. There. I just don't see it. I just don't. I don't know. I could really see that Tyreek Hill 
experiment there in Miami, just blowing right up in their face. He just kind of seems like he's had that age where he's not wanting to put up with bullshit and wanting to do his own thing. Now he's just saying stuff in the media about the Chiefs too, which he he, he sounded like To, which just sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think that's going to be bad for them. Yeah, saying he didn't like how the Chiefs used them or anything like that, stuff like that. Yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is going to put some motivation behind him and he's going to destroy the league this year, but I just don't see it. It's no, definitely yeah. a possibility. I mean, it's not outside of the range of possibilities for Tyreek Hill to finish as the wide receiver one. It's a long shot, but it's definitely not outside the possibility. You know what I mean? He's got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. He could definitely do it. Unlikely. But he is one of those players that could do it. Well, yeah, just because of the fact, too, that anytime he touches the ball, it can turn into right a 60-yard game. Right. He, could literally, he could literally finish the year with 20 touchdowns, and no one would be shocked. Like, really. I mean, like, the initial thing would probably be shocking, but you'd be like, well, it's Tyreek Hill. Half of those were probably like a two-yard dump off that he just made eighty people miss and ran at ninety-eight yards for a touchdown. Like you know, he just put him on slant routes all season. Like it's so possible right. for him to catch it at five yards. <laughs> exactly. So I so. mean, it's just it, the range of outcomes with Tyreek Hill is mind-boggling. Maybe they'll put him in the backfield too because there's no running backs back there either. <laughs> oh, they've, no, they've got like eight running backs back there. None of them are worth touching, but they've got eight of them. Side note, do not oh. draft any Miami Dolphins running bats. Wait, yes. wait, wait till the waiver wire, see who cleans Full it up. Fade. Full fade. You'll fade. be disappointed. I wouldn't even do that because week one, it's probably going to be one person. I guarantee, I can almost guarantee they're going to go into the season with about four running backs, and every week you're going to see a different one be yep. the main guy. Yep. They're gonna do they're gonna ride the hot hand every time. I mean, I would take the chance on throwing one on the end of my bench after week one and just seeing if they create a pattern after the other week. Doesn't mean I'm gonna start them in my lineup, but I can I just, just dump them after. I'm not saying if I start can, one. If they all clear waivers, if they all clear waivers, then maybe. But I will not be wasting a waiver claim on one of those running backs. I just can't trust unless they literally go in to the season and they've only got like three on the roster and like one is head and tails above the rest better. You know what I mean? Joe said us it's gonna be Miles Gaskin. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they bring in they bring in like five running backs and they're just like, meh, Gaskin's the one. The only hope is that they have four on their depth chart, three of them tripping like the same pothole. And there's just one. They pull, the they, pull a, they pull a Ravens from the last year where they just start tearing yeah. ACLs one after the other. That's the only time. That's the only time I'd have any faith in uh, in that backfield. They can just go to the West Coast and you know practice at this 49ers like facility. That'll work. Too. I'm so worried about my J.K. Dobbins trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake we didn't waste any time. I don't know if you noticed, he already added the extra positions. I cannot field a good roster. <laughs> so, Ron, why don't we break this down for that? Yeah, break, down the trade. Little, so break, break down the trade about what you did and then what happened in our league today and why you're worried. Oh, so I traded uh, desperate need at running back position in our dynasty league. 
So I took the 104 for J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins. Go ahead. Welcome back. I think J.K. Dobbins can, you know, be. I'm pretty sure Joe wasn't one of your takes last year before he got injured that he was going to uh, lead the AFC in rushing. I did. Yeah. yeah. Like he can be, I don't know about that good, but he can be a, a RB1. Like I love the trade itself is fine to me as long as he's healed up good, which he should be. He's had well over, he'll have well over a year to be healed before the season starts. But like now we've added another running back position, another wide receiver position. And now I have to field three running backs. And I only have, I really only have three. And one of them is Rashad Penny. (laughs) So now I'm just like flabbergasted. Like I just, I just went and tried to set up my lineup. Like when you guys were talking about something else that I lost interest in. Like you want, I have, I have, that's literally why I was thinking about making the trade because he can use the running back and the wide receiver. Like, cause I don't have a lot of wide receivers either. I've noticed. You want James Robinson? No, fuck James Robinson. He's not going to do anything. What, what are you carrying? Like, why don't you have, let me see this. Cause I traded everyone away. And I think I just did. I, I went too trade happy this year. I got okay. too trade happy and I fucked myself up. Ronnie, like I gave you Joe Mixon. Are you saying you're going to be in a full rebuild this year? Look, let me just let me just add players. Giovanni like, Bernard, Devontae Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> the running back sucks. Alan Kenyon Kirk. Drake, Samaje P. Ryan. And this is who the heckling band is supposed to be taking advice from? You have three tight ends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you have I, a lot of running bats. You have one, two, yeah, three. Yeah, I have four, like six five. or seven. Sit none of them are worth a damn. And then, like, better. my wide receivers, none of them are really worth a damn either. You better hit on those rookie picks. Yeah, I got only got three of them. They're all early second rounders, which, you know. But I also only have two QBs on my roster. Well. Yeah. You, you wanted Justin Jefferson. But, like, that didn't even – because, like, I had to trade away Joe Mixon to get the first round pick to trade to you for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> so, Sorry. like, that doesn't even matter. Like, that year, that didn't even hurt me this year, really. Because I got rid of Keenan Allen, pretty much, in some first-round picks to get Justin Jefferson. So, like... And a running back, which could have potentially at least been a flex player for you. No, not if you listen to your fucking bull takes. <laughs> it's true. Brees Hall is going to have every touch in that game. Like they're not going to do anything else except give Brees Hall the ball. I said he was going to lead the league in touchdowns, potentially for my bold take. Not no, touch. you said no, not touchdowns, just touchdowns, rushing and or total touchdowns. Yeah, rushing and receiving. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, stop it. We're not getting into that again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to debate what my three second round picks are going to be, whether I'm just going to be like all of the wide receivers or all the running backs. Because once you get in the second round, the running backs are meh. There's a couple that are like, you know, high hopes. He's going to package all three and move up and take James Cook 
You're, you're I don't want James Cook. I don't know why everyone's so high on James Cook right now. You may not have a choice. You may have to no. take him. I have I have guys that I'm I'm looking at, <laughs> but like I don't know what everyone else is thinking. So he's gonna clear out half his roster and just do waiver wire running backs and hope one of them works out. I'm I'm just happy I have four first rounders next year. So. I'm just I'm just hoping I can uh, field. A roster. Ron's going to get hit for a draft position every week because he won't. Win right, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't have a first next year. <laughs> Joke's on you. So Joe, so, you know what's funny is Joe's the one getting knocked if I don't hit, uh, fill hilarious. my thing. I wouldn't That's get knocked. We didn't think of. Yeah, because it's my pick. We would just knock your second round pick. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's first round pick. We would do that. <laughs> we would do that. All right, do we have anything else to add to the heckling fan on this shit show of an episode? Well, boys, we're good. Uh, I love this episode. It was great. Uh, the fandom got a got a little nugget of information. Evan Ingram, top 10 tight end. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. All right, make sure you go over on uh, subscribe on our YouTube at Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Hit us up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow, leave a review. Go to our website, www.garbagetimeff.com. Uh, leave us voicemails, hate mails, reviews over there. Uh, all the places that uh, podcasts are, you can find us there. And on our Instagram at garbage underscore time FF. God, I hate, or no, that's the wrong one. Instagram is garbage time FF.com. Or, you want to try that again? Breathe. Instagram is garbage time fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Twitter is garbage underscore time FF. I hope you were all writing that down. If not, you know, reverse the, the uh, video a minute and it's all on the bottom of the screen. Thank you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. Ryan did that. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Just let that scroll a little bit and you can figure out where we are. Uh, <laughs> I got yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> we good? Because I'm good. I'm oh, done with this. God. Have a good night, everyone. Goodbye.